that's kind of the style we have to play. You know, we're not an up and down running gun team. Blackhawks live. With some speed up the left wing. Stepping in over the Islander line. Cutting through the high slot. He'll flip it on. Oh, he scores! Hawks win in overtime! Seth Jones' first goal of the season finds the back of the Islander net. And the Blackhawks prevail in the extra session. Seth Jones. Yeah, I mean, it's a great feeling. The team played unbelievable tonight. The way we stuck in there. And Peter made big saves on the stretch. Um, it's just a, a, a good team win for going to short trip. Now... It's time to talk hockey. With the Go Blackhawks. It's time to talk Hawks. Here's Joe Brand. It has been a nice little long break. As the Blackhawks finally get set to restart their season, their next game Wednesday at the United Center hosting the Minnesota Wild. Ten of the next 11 games will be at the UC. It's going to be rocking over on the west side of the Windy City for the next month. And probably one of the biggest attractions, Sunday the 25th, retiring Chris Chelios's number. But before that, we've got a little party we'd like to tell you about. I'm Joe Brand. Jack Heinrich is our producer. This is Blackhawks Live. We do this every week on WGN Radio. We talk with Seth Jones after the 7.30 news. Great conversation with the Blackhawks defenseman. Uh, he's definitely found a little bit of a better stride in his season since coming back from injury, and uh, hopefully that can continue. Obviously, the eyes on Connor Bedard in his return, but good news on that front as well earlier today during Blackhawks practice. Before we get to all that, though, we got to tell you about, it's not even a little place, it's, it's a very big place, and it seems to be a very special place. It's called The Barn. It's on Ogden. It's walking distance from the United Center. Some of you may have checked it out. If you haven't yet, you should, and we've got probably the best source we can get, Spencer Montgomery, co-founder of The Barn, here with us on Blackhawks Live. Spencer, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Hey, hey Joe, excited to be here. Thanks. Uh, so, what do you want people to know? About the barn. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's a place for hockey lovers uh, to connect and meet before a game. Um, it's uh, it's chef driven, so our food is not frozen. So, you know, one thing I work for the Blackhawks for an extended period of time. Um, when you go to a hockey game, you don't you don't want to have a have a stomach that that's going to feel sick or anything like that. We we really try to get the food right, but but create a place where where hockey fans can can talk shop and and feel comfortable, and then walk right over to the United Center. So uh, you know it's been a great few months since we opened on opening day this season, but um, really really fun, and and the, and the hockey community has been great. And I like how you're really driving the fact that it's it's called an original six hockey bar. What what, what makes that special? Yeah, I mean, there's so much heritage and history in our game, um, the, the sport. Uh, we like to tell stories, and uh, when you look back over the history, you know, one cool thing about the barn, as you, as you walk through the halls and, and see some of the pictures on the wall, we really try to cover the, the span of, of the decades of uh, of great hockey, and, and not just Chicago Blackhawks, um, to look at the Bruins and Canadians and Leafs and, and Wings and, um, and the like to, to just uh, show the history of our game. Where did you get a lot of the memorabilia? Yeah, you know, from all over. Bo Bennett is a, is a famous uh, NHL photographer, so um, we purchased some photos uh, from his collections. But um, you know, a- anywhere from you know uh, Stan Makita's daughter Jane, who's who's a friend of mine who I met through the Hawks, uh, gave us some stuff from from Stan's career. And so the, the people from our community have, have reached out and uh, and been comfortable giving us stuff. But uh, we, we stopped nowhere to f- to find the right stuff to put on the walls. And the Blackhawks have been uh, pretty helpful as well too. I saw Gene Honda was over. 
over there. I know Darren Pang is kind of a, a constant uh, supporter of you guys. Yeah, the, the Blackhawks have been an amazing partner. Um, we've done a watch party, like you mentioned, already over there. Um, honestly, their staff has been over after games on, on opening night. Um, it, it was just incredible, the support. Uh, their staff all came over, and so they, they're definitely friends of the program. And, you know, I, I think it's mutually beneficial. We, we've got a hockey bar that, that is, uh, is a must-see, and it's uh, steps away from, from where they dropped the puck. So good stuff there. We've got Spencer Montgomery here. He's co-founder of The Barn. It is the new bar, Walking Distance to the United Center. It's on Ogden. And uh, we're going to have a, a pretty fun event on February 25th. If you don't know, that's the night the Blackhawks are retiring Chris Chelios' number seven. They're hosting the Red Wings. Patrick Kane's likely return to the United Center, his first against the Blackhawks. It's going to be emotions blowing off the roof for that alone. Maybe Connor Bedard will be playing. It. It's just one of those special nights. The Hawks do such a good job with those types of uh, ceremonies. Have you ever been to one of those types of games at the United Center? Yeah, ab- a- absolutely. Um, well, yeah, you work there, so yeah, yeah, yeah you had you a know, few. I spent eight years there. Um, Kaner, in particular, to me, has, has had such an impact on the city. You know, I, I did a lot of work with kids, and what he put into the community sometimes, you know, most of the time was off camera, and, and and he was always, you know, the last guy there signing autographs. He, you know, he left his mark on this city, obviously winning three cups and and an MVP by all means, but um, a special night for him. And, and then, you know, when you think of Chris, uh, his impact over the years on, on Chicago and to have his number retired and, and race to the rafters, it, it's really going to be a special night and certainly the hottest ticket of the year. And I'm sure you're serving bandito at the barn we're breaking out the bandito big time um they've been a great partner to us that they, they uh, helped us with our mural and they're on our our uh, our bar is actually um is built like hockey boards so they're one of the one of the sponsors that's on the boards there but yeah we'll be breaking out the bandito all weekend what's your favorite food item or what's something that's most promotable yeah you know the sh- the sheriff smash burger is really delicious mm. and, and we've really worked hard on our pizza to get it right so th- those are two items i can recommend um the cheese curds uh we, we've got wisconsin and cheese so we're doing we're doing that the right way and um uh those are definitely some of the top items we got spencer montgomery here he's co-founder of the barn it's the new bar on ogden right across from the united center uh, i do want to get into your background too you're the head coach of the saint ignatius hockey team you're, you're sporting the Wolfpack hat right now uh big game coming up you said huh yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're in a battle with, uh, with Glenbrook South. Uh, this is the Scholastic Hockey League and, uh, it, it's a top league in Illinois. Um, I, there's nothing better than high school hockey to me. You know, I played, I grew up in Portland, Maine and played there, but, um, here in Illinois, getting some of the long rivalries, you've got Nutria and Loyola, Providence and Bennett. Um, th- there's a ton of history and, um, and, you're playing with classmates, you know, people, girls, friends from your school are all coming to the games. It creates electric environments, and uh, and this is the time of year where it matters. And it all culminates March 13th at the United Center. So um, we'll be having a barn party for sure, whether St. Ignatius is in it or not, <laughs> and hopefully we are. Oh, well, we were talking a little bit off the air, and you're, it's pretty cool because it seems like your background with the Hawks when you were working with them has intertwined with this position now with St. Ignatius, and it just seems like a, a thing that's really near and dear to your heart about the sport and just kind of the the young culture that it, it kind of envelops around it huh yeah I, I think my primary responsibility is to keep the the joy of the game intact um and that's what i do as a coach and uh i think guys you know enjoy playing for me and uh and we try to just elevate our game and and support these these young athletes uh, as far as they can go we got spencer montgomery here he is co-founder of the barn we have a great event happening before 
the night they retire. Chris Chelios is number seven in the rafters at the United Center. That's February 25th. Me, Kevin Powell, are going to be hosting a show from 2 to 4.30. We'd love to see you out at the barn. It's going to be a great time. Come by, say hi. You never know who you're going to run into over at this place. And uh, we got a stacked show overall. we got an interview with Seth Jones after the 7.30 news, but uh, more with Spencer Montgomery in the barn after this. You're listening to Blackhawks Live 720 WGN. Continuing on with Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN. Hawks' next game is Wednesday. They're hosting the Minnesota Wild. It's a late-night game. It's the nationally televised broadcast. So that means, as always, the only local call right here on the Big 720. John and Troy will have your call for more of like a 845 puck drop. It'll be a late one, so one of those nice games where you can put the radio underneath the pillow and fall asleep, kind of like our own Kevin McDonough's son often does as he uh, slumbers away. I'm Joe Brand. We've got Spencer Montgomery here. He's co-founder of The Barn. It's a great new bar. I, I love how Dane said a few months ago, a slap shot away from the United Center. I, I saw it somewhere else it was post- put as a, a puck toss away, but I, I like the idea of a slap shot. It, it's just... It's so raw hockey, it seems like, and what, when you went into this, what, what's something that you thought, we got to do this, I, I got to do this, I, I've always envisioned having this at a hockey bar. Yeah, you know, there's been multiple times. You know, I moved here from Portland, Maine, and and didn't really know anybody. And, and you kind of get on your phone. What, what's a great hockey bar in Chicago? And you know, and I want to, sh- you know, of course, shout out Johnny's Ice House, which which is a smaller and right above the rink. But but to me, there hasn't really been a bar with a hockey identity. Um, and, and hockey's been su- such an influence in so many categories of my life. I still play. I coach. Um, and, and, and I worked for the Blackhawks for, for a really long time. And so, um, we wanted to create, a, again, like a really a place where hockey fans can connect and, and, uh, and gather and watch games. The sound's going to be on. Uh, you know, there's going to be other games on. Sometimes you go and you, you, if you're a hockey fan, this is the place to check out a game. And that also includes a golf simulator? It does, yeah. We've got back-to-back golf simulators. You know, we, we called it the Gilmore Room uh, as a nod to Happy uh, Happy Gilmore uh, and the classic movie. Um, and that's been a ton of fun. It's a, it's a great, you know, it, we, we have the cheapest rates in the city, and they're these golf zone ones that the floor moves. So if you've had a few beers, it feels like there's an earthquake going on when, <laughs> when you're hitting out of the bunker. But uh, a, You're going to die, clown. <laughs> Yeah, so just a ton of fun, and it gives you an activity to do. So, you know, we've got groups lined up for the Super Bowl and, and different events. And, um, you know, if you're interested in checking out, come come check out the barn. Well, again, we highly recommend coming by on February 25th before the game against the Detroit Red Wings. Me and Kevin Powell are going to be hosting a show from 2 to 4.30. Uh, it's going to be a celebration of Chris Chelios, his number seven being retired. Uh, it sounds like we got some giveaways that day at the barn. Yeah, we're going to be doing ticket giveaways. We have uh, Chelios jersey giveaways that are going to be signed, um, and there's there's going to be shirts made up for for fans that come through the door. So, um, really, an opportunity to celebrate Chris. It's a marquee event of the year, really, on the Blackhawks calendar. And uh, and if you haven't checked out the barn, perfect time to do it. So I got to ask you. You know, you referenced it a few times growing up in Portland, Maine. A Bruins fan. Yeah, I did grow up a Bruins fan. <laughs> That's um, okay. In 2013, you know, uh, we were on the other side of it. Uh, <laughs> you were working with the team the last, then, though? Or? I, I was not working for the Blackhawks yet. I, I came oh. in this year. I was working for the Portland Pirates in the American Hockey League. Of course. Uh, that's where I got my start. Um, so, I actually, we were in Cleveland for, like, an AHL ticket gathering. We were watching on TV. But, um, you know, I'm a Blackhawks fan now. <laughs> Who uh, who'd you grow up watching? Who were some of your favorite players? Yeah, Ray Bork was the guy, uh, defenseman, big body. You know, I had kind of I, I was an '88 baby, so I I knew of the Neely era, but but Bork was my guy growing up. What um, what did you what did you always envision? Or I always ask this from people to 
people from out of town. What was your perspective of the Hawks and of Chicago before you moved here? Yeah, you know, the the original six side of it, I, I had no idea what a special city Chicago is. Um, you know, I had heard kind of Midwest, you know, it's not Minnesota nights, Midwest nights. I heard people are, are kind of relaxed here. I, I got to say, uh, I, I do not want to leave Chicago ever. I love this city, the energy. People are friendly. They love their sports. We were we were talking before uh, before we got in the air here. Um, you know, I was able to be, to kind of witness the Cubs when they won, and I was able to um, enjoy a Stanley Cup as a part of the front office with the Blackhawks. The, the, the city loves their sports and, and, and the fans are passionate, but but also um, you know inviting and friendly. So uh, it, it's been a blast living in Chicago. What a city! What about the difference between the hockey culture from the East Coast here in Chicago? Because I, I say this all the time. I mean, Chicago's a it's a good hockey city, but it's not the best and it's not the biggest. So, so what did you notice about that first moving over here? Yeah, there's just less access to ice uh, around here. You know, I grew up being able to just hop on the pond. Um, I had a little rink in my backyard. We had a pond down the street. So there, there was more of that, you know, I would call it unstructured play. Hmm. You know, hockey in Chicago is kind of in our ice slots with a coach always on the ice we had to organize ourselves all the time so it was like it's three on three here it's four on three and you're always offense or or whatever you had to create so um that is one of the fundamental differences you know maybe it'll get cold again one day i don't know (laughs) but uh but for now it's 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 just uh there's a little bit less of that pond hockey what position did you play yeah i was a defenseman okay that makes sense now everything off the high glass (laughs) so old school defenseman too huh yeah Yeah. i had to keep things simple (laughs) (laughs) well you'll enjoy our conversation with such young coming up after uh, the 7.30 news. Did you ever think you'd be running a bar? No, no, not not on my radar at all. Um, this came to me, you know, one of my partners, Paul Mirabel, we, we served on a board. He, he was the executive director of Inner City Education. The acronym is ICE. Um, and that was uh, providing educational opportunities for kids um, that uh, were actively playing hockey. So I met him and it was kind of happenstance when I took over as hockey director at Ignatius and left the Blackhawks. Um, a cool window opened and, and a space became available and um, everything got accelerated when Connor Bernard was drafted. Yeah. It, we, we were already moving forward. When that got when that got drafted, it, it just injected energy into the project and, uh, and we haven't looked back since. What did you learn about yourself since running a bar so far? Yeah, I, I learned a lot about myself. One is is just the importance of slowing down, and um, the, the the one thing for me is is the social battery can get low. Mm-hmm. I'm a very social guy. I love to talk to people. Um, when, when you're constantly doing it, I, I learned it's it's really important for me to to make sure I schedule in movie nights and and downtime. Is is there anything that you kind of came to a realization from becoming a bar customer to a bar owner? Like, oh, okay, that's why they do that, or, or that's why it's this way. Yeah, I mean, I certainly would. Not, I, I never would have left a negative review on someone in, in the first place. <laughs> but things happen. We, you know, we have three servers call out sick, and you're a little bit in over your skis. Everyone's trying to make it work. So I just say uh, probably a little bit more grace. You know, I did work as a waiter at one point in my life, but uh, just giving grace to the staff and understanding that everyone's trying to make it work as best they can. Earlier, you're giving out shout outs to Gene Honda, Scott Darling. I mean, any other specific things in other ways the Hawks have helped you or, or anyone for that matter, too? Yeah, you know, again, I think it's the greater hockey community. I mean, we, we just in our community, we've got the Mission, we've got the Stallions, we've got St. Ignatius, we've got the Jets. You know, every program, they scheduled their holiday parties with us. The hockey community wants the hockey bar to succeed. You know, it, it's it's a local story. Um, you know, the the, fu- the future's bright for us. So, I, anyway, it's just very much appreciated. The Blackhawks have stepped up majorly in supporting us. You know, they're sending groups that are scheduling uh, junior Hawks and pregame ice over to check out the barn. So uh, the, the hockey community is mighty, and uh, and they've responded to the barn, which is really cool. Did you go to a lot of Bruins games growing up? 
you know, I, I went to my first game at, at 12 years old. It was really more of that the Portland Pirates, which are that AHL. Okay. Um, so, so that's where I, 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 my first NHL was a huge deal to me. And I remember my, my back was against that back row. Uh, I, it might have been the Fleet Center. It's the Garden now. Uh, but, but against the back row. And uh, as, as a kid, it was, it was, you know, happiest moment uh, I, I can remember. So pretty cool. I do. I, I, I appreciate those types of experiences too. I, I, I don't have any kids, but I know a lot of parents love the idea of bringing their like two year old to a game, whether it's baseball, hockey, basketball, football, whatever. But when you really get to remember it, I, I think it, it does play a little bit more of a significant role. I, I was 12 years old when I went, when I went to my first baseball game. I remember so much about it. I was 10 years old when I went to my first Blackhawks game. I remember so much about it. And I, I don't know, sometimes I think that sticks a little bit more. But that's also the value of having those minor league teams, baseball, hockey. Those, those are great avenues to, to get your fill of the game and provide it in a way that's more accessible, uh, more financially feasible for a family to, to bring younger children. And I, I just think it's, a, it's a, a cool way for fans to understand both sides of that equation. Yeah, Joe. I mean, the best way to create a hockey fan is to bring them to a live game, mm-hmm. and so you know, I always encourage people to to go check it out. You know, sometimes if you're watching on TV, you know, I'm a coach and a player, so that that's great for me. Going in person gives you the energy, and uh, you know, shout out to the people up in the 300 level. Um, at, first of all, they're great at the United Center. They were great in Boston, and and, and when you go up and uh, and feel the energy up there, it's a little bit greasier. It's a little bit, you know, there's a little bit more beers being being drank, but uh, but really fun way to see your first game. That's why John Wideman calls a section right in front of the radio booth the neighborhood because right. we, we got a lot of season ticket holders and, and people who are more friends than fans over there. But you bring up a good point. I recently had a, a whole family that came to a Hawks game recently, and it was actually it was my cousin's first game. He was 10 years old, and he said flat out, wow, this is the best live event. Like He, he loves baseball. He loves basketball, but hockey's just so much better live. And it's a great point because I think a lot of people kind of forget that because you know you got so sucked up into the the wildness of the Hawks when they were winning, and it was easy to watch those games. But when you go to a game, you kind of forget how much more exciting it is, a little bit more adrenaline that's there. Absolutely, that that's where the jam is. You know, when you're when you're seeing how quickly these guys move and how skilled and and fast the game is, uh, there's just to me nothing like it. Spencer, thanks so much, man. Keep up the great work. Can't wait to see you on the 25th and. Uh, can't believe I'm saying this. I'm a Maris guy, but go Wolfpack, okay? Best of luck tomorrow. Hey, Joe. Appreciate it, brother. Thank that, you. That is Spencer Montgomery. Again, the barn is on Ogden. It's walking distance to the United Center. Me and Kevin Powell are hosting a show from 2 to 4.30 on Sunday, February 25th. That's the night they're retiring Chris Chelios's number. It's going to be a ton of fun. There's going to be giveaways. We'll hopefully have a, a few cool people stopping by as well, but uh, feel free to check out the barn anytime around that as well. Again, 10 of the next 11 games for the Hawks all at the United Center, so they're home a lot in the month of February. We're going to talk with Seth Jones on the other side of the 7.30 News, but first got to get to it. Steve Ruxton is live next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live. We're talking with Hawks defenseman Seth Jones here in the Grand Hall of Fifth Third Arena. Seth, good time for the break? I know it's kind of a weird timing with so much time that you were sitting out and then you finally hit a stride and then all of a sudden you got to sit for like 10 more days. How would you absorb all that? Uh, yeah, obviously, you know, didn't score for a while start the season, and uh, I thought, you know, I got the injury happen, and I thought I came back playing some pretty good hockey, and that's just kind of how it goes, you know. Then the, the break comes, and it's nice to mentally unwind a little bit, but uh, I'm excited to be back. We had a good practice today, and a lot of the guys are moving their feet well, and we did some good drills, and uh, I think mentally, you know, we have one more day tomorrow to practice for the Minnesota game, and mentally we'll be ready to go. 
I feel like this whole season has been a lot of mental hurdles with the, the tough competition at first, all the adversity you guys have dealt with. I mean, you personally having to sit out. Are, are you typically good with those types of mental hurdles? Do, do you feel like you do a pretty good job of maintaining and balancing your emotions well with that kind of stuff? I do. I do. Uh, I think you can't get too high. You can't get too low. Um, you kind of have to roll the punches in a long season. There's gonna, we've had a lot of injuries this year. It's been, been a tough year, I think, on everyone with a lot of our, you know, our top guys being out. Uh, lines getting mixed matched, deep hangs getting mixed matched, um, and then you know not winning a lot of games on top of that really drains you mentally, and you have to take a step back and I think look at the bigger picture of what we're trying to build here. And um, I think as of you know really the last month we haven't really scored, we haven't scored a lot of goals, but we're only letting in one, two goal, one or two goals a game, so we're right there. We're getting the chance. I think that last game against Calgary before the break we had five or six breakaways. Um, you know, those great A chances are there. I think it's one thing when you're not getting the chances and you're losing. Uh, but we're getting our chances. And I, we, we think that if we continue to play this style of hockey, if we can continue to do the right things every night, that it will go in for us. Uh, especially with our goalies playing the way they are. We need to, to give them some run support and reward them. I feel like you're a big reason why you're getting all those offensive cha- chances. Have you felt an uptick in your game at all since coming back? Um, a little bit, you know. I, I've I've battled. You know, we haven't scored much all season, really. Um, so I've been really battling taking chances offensively because it does open us up defensively. Um, so trying to really pick my spots the best I can. You know, really few times a game we ha- kind of have those chances for defensemen to, to jump in the play and try to make something happen. And um, you know, I want to get those opportunities on the power play as well. Our power play has been pretty cold. So I'm not getting a lot of not getting a lot of action there uh, offensively, but five on five, try to get as many pucks on that as I can. And when I do see those opportunities to, to jump into play, and um, I talked to Luke a lot about trying not to lead the rush, rather to be the second wave. So trying to focus on that a little bit in my game too going forward. You've mentioned before that Alex Vlasic doesn't play like a rookie. Uh, after being out for some time, did, did you notice an uptick in his game at all? Any kind of big strides that he's made? Of course. Um, you know, before let's see when I got when I went down with the injury. Obviously, watching those games, I, I think I missed nine or ten or eleven games. Um, I could just see his game. I mean, since the start of the season, his game's grown every single day. Um, he comes in, he's prepared, he's ready to go. He moves his feet. He's always wanting to learn. Uh, we communicate a lot. He tells me what he sees and vice versa. And uh, I think since I've been back, uh, I think our games have taken new strides. We're trying new things that maybe we wouldn't uh, all the time before. Um, uh, but I think both of us are at our best when we're moving our feet. Uh, we're opening so much, so many things up for the for our office of players. Um, we get more guys involved offensively, and I think when we're breaking the puck out, he's a tremendous skater, so he can wheel, he can beat two guys, and then it gives me the opportunity to jump and vice versa. You know, uh, I want to be able to, you know, to beat a couple guys on the forecheck, make the play, and let him jump and create offensively. So I think that's kind of get gotten to our game a little bit more. We really trust each other and. We know what we're going to do on the ice. We understand our tendencies, and uh, we want to make it difficult for the other teams. We play against the top lines quite a bit, home and on the road. Uh, and he's starting to play more and more minutes every night, and, and he's getting comfortable with them, which is uh, awesome to see. He's going to be, I think he's one of the best defensemen, uh, you know, young defensemen in this league right now, but um, he's got some serious potential when it comes to being considered one of the top defensemen in the league. Yeah, I mean, what's that like to gel with such a young kid like that that just catches on so quickly? How fun is that for you? Yeah, it's something that, you know, I really have only had it one other time in my career, and that was with uh, Renski. So I was able to be with Renski his rookie season when he came into the league with Columbus, and 
right from the start, he was just a skating offense when he was offensive, and we just completely gelled. We clicked. Um, and you don't find that very often, you know, with a, with a D partner. You see a lot of mixed matching with partners, and one year you'll be with one guy, the next year you'll be with another guy, and that's kind of how it works. And um, I was able to be with, with Zach for, for a little over five years. Um, but I, I have that same feeling with Alex, with, with Vlasi. He's been um, just – some things are just left unsaid. You don't need to talk about some things, and they just naturally happen. And I think – I'm hoping he can feel that, and I can definitely feel that, so – uh, it's been it's been pretty special so far. I, I try to compare when you came into the league, your position. I mean, you were on a good Nashville team and, and a competitive one at that, and it's it's kind of a different situation in terms of the record over here. So, has has that ever allowed you to kind of look back and and compare your entry into the NHL with some of these other younger guys? Because I know you're trying to help mold a lot of them. So, mm-hmm. how, how do you use your previous experience in working with these guys now? Yeah, I've, I've had a completely different experience, I think, because when you do, back, you know, 10 years ago when I came in the league, you were, there was only maybe one or two young guys on the team trying to make it. You'd get games, you may get scratched one game, and you may play 18 minutes one night. The next night, if it's a tight game, you may play seven minutes, you know, so that's kind of, it wasn't so much about developing and just playing a bunch of minutes every night. Um, the older guys got the minutes, and if you're on a good team, you know, you'd slot in the third pair. So I think it was um, like Weber, Yossi, Ekholm, and um, uh, Ryan Ellis, and then like me and Barry Jackman, or me and Anton Volchenkov. And so that's kind of how it was slotted. Uh, but the opportunity for the young guys on on our team right now is, is something that I never got. You know, so they're able to play every night, learn every night. Um, gain trust from the coaches, make mistakes, and I think that's tremendous in development. You're able to make those mistakes early on in your career so you don't end up making them you know, later on when it actually matters. And I think that's the philosophy right now that we're going with um, in our organization. And um, you know, I think that's what Kyle and, and Norm and everyone in the coaching staff, every day in practice we're working, you know, myself included, to get better, but we're working with everyone um, to be a better player every single day and every single year. And I think if, if everyone gets 15 to 20% better in three to four years, five years, it's going to be a great team here. Coach or teammate, what's some of the best advice you've ever gotten? Coach or teammate? Um, let's see. I play with some great coaches. Um, John Tortorella, you know, some that style may be a little different um, than other styles. Um, he was more of a guy that was just, if you made a mistake, he's in your face, especially it's not so much to tear you down, but to let him or to show you that how much you're, how much you're important to the team or how important you are to the team. What he expects out of you. Um, I, I don't know if I can ha- I have a quote for you, but so I've had Peter Labulette, who was kind of a little bit nicer to you, but would also tell you in private that you weren't playing well or you need to do this and this. So I've kind of had it all. Um, I you know Barry Trotz, another Hall of Famer, who. Uh, was a little bit more quiet on the bench, uh, but would just sit you. You know, wouldn't wouldn't really say much, um, but could get mad when need be. Uh, but I, I had great mentors. You know, Mike Fisher, Shea Weber. I lived with him for the first couple months of my career, um, and he was awesome. It's I guess it wasn't as much as the quotes to me or what someone said, but what I saw. And so I would watch guys like Shea and Mike Fisher and um, and players like that who've been in the league and were great leaders on how they, you know, and even Nick. I would say Nick is one of the best leaders I've played with. Um, the way he can talk to a team and bring guys together, I learn every day from them. You feel like you're 
more of a leader that way, or are you more of a vocal leader, or, or is it kind of both? Uh, when I first kind of was put in the leadership role in Columbus, so after those first couple of years, I was still young, and we still had some older leaders. But um, you know, kind of when that A starts getting in New Jersey, and you know, you, you can start to feel it. I think, and people look to you. Um, I struggled a little bit with that, just being able to talk to the team. But I think now I've opened up uh, a lot more than I you know was five years ago. Uh, just being able to talk to the guys, let them know what you think, because you know when you're an older veteran, I think what you say matters a, a whole lot more. So, and I think the way you say it, and I think Nick's great at that. Uh, we have great leaders. Uh, Connor's great at that. Um, you know, I'm getting great at that. So, I've always been a, a lead by example on the ice. But it, it, it is very important to be be able to be vocal in the room and um, not always get mad, but you know, tell the team how or what you think. Wrapping up things with Seth Jones here on Blackhawks Live. Aside from on the ice, we've talked a lot about your relationship with your brother, your relationship with your dad. It seems like your relationship with your mom, though, is also very significant. Why is that? Why, why do you guys have such a strong relationship? I would say, well, my dad was obviously coaching and playing when we were growing up, so it was just me, my two brothers, my mom a lot. Um, she was the one taking you to school and back, taking you to hockey and back, so you just naturally developed that relationship with her. Um, so she was always one that was hard on you. You know, if you got if you had a bad game, or I won't say if you had a bad game in hockey, but if she saw that you weren't working hard or something, she was the first one to let you know after the game. Uh, so there was definitely a a bar that was that was need to be set, and she set that. And obviously, my dad did as well, just being a professional uh, athlete. A bit as more so with him, it was you were able to go to the arena and see, you know, how hard he worked, but how hard when he was a coach, how hard everyone else worked. Because at a young age, me, Caleb, and Justin all wanted to be professional athletes. We all wanted to be hockey players. So to see how that worked um, and to see their day-to-day lifestyle was, was obviously very important. Um, but even to this day, I still get 10 texts from my mom after a game. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I'm, like, I'm like, you're about to be blocked in about two <laughs> seconds if I keep getting these. Um, so we have a great relationship like that. Yeah. I, I- feel like you and Caleb are very similar I obviously don't know your other brother but do you feel like you guys are more like your mom your dad or, or kind of a combination of both there's a combination there's definitely a combination I would say Caleb and my mom clash a little bit more um, me and my mom are and so they're they're kind of similar when it comes to being angry you know that kind of thing um, I'm more of a, a little bit more laid back so I have my dad's side with that a little bit more but uh, I still get angry it just depends on how angry i'm going to get and if i'm going to say something about it <laughs> seth thank you for the time always fun picking your brain all right thank you well more blackhawks live coming up next 720 wgn unfortunately it's time to wrap up blackhawks live but still got another nine minutes or so big thanks to spencer montgomery of the barn big thanks to seth jones of the chicago blackhawks Again, me and Kevin Powell are going to be at the Barn Hockey Bar. It's on Ogden, walking distance to the United Center, Sunday, February 25th. That's the game before the Red Wings. The game they're going to retire. Chris Chelios is number 7. There's a chance that Connor Bedard might be back by that time. Obviously, it looks like Patrick Kane is going to be making his first return to the United Center since being traded last year. But uh, stop by the Barn on your way there. Or even if you're not going to the game, maybe go to the Barn, hang out. And then hang around. Watch the game there. Me and Kevin Powell there from 2 to 4.30. Uh, I do want to get to our producer, Jack Heinrich, and his thoughts from around the league. But before we do that, we've got to get to our 
Cue the shot, brought to you by Curveball Whiskey. Desert Flair from Valalta, looking good. Ethan Del Mastro, Logan Stankoven. Del Mastro gets it back and buries against Joel Blomqvist. That was a goal by Ethan Del Mastro in the AHL skills competition from over the weekend. Uh, the all-star game for the AHL is tonight in San Jose. Del Mastro, the lone representative for the Rockford Ice Hogs in the AHL all-star game, but uh, still doing great things down there in Rockford and just another uh, great piece of the young future for this Hawks team as he's part of that a defensive core. Cue the Shot is brought to you by Curveball, the original barbecue whiskey. Join the Bonehead Nation today at curveballwhiskey.com. That's K-U-R-V-B-A-L-L whiskey.com. That's that barbecue whiskey we've been talking about. It uh, is a nice twist on whiskey, good for a Bloody Mary, maybe an old-fashioned. Toss it in maybe one of your next pork recipes, anything you can think of. Get creative with it. Jack Heinrich also got to enjoy a a decent break. And sounds like, uh, well, we won't talk about your trip up to Minnesota. Unfortunately, not a good night for the Cats. But uh, what do you got for us, Jack? That's all right. Um, (laughs) Sorry to set you up that way. No, it's, I mean, it's... We move on to Nebraska Wednesday, so we're all good. Um, but, to, I mean, obviously it was the all-star break. Just a quick recap. Team Matthews beat Team McDavid and Austin Matthews. The Toronto Maple Leaf gets the MVP um, in his, in the all-star game in Toronto. It was a great event. And uh, they did bring back the drafting of teams. Um, I think it was a little – I didn't see the draft, but it's what I saw on Twitter. It was a little – I think the players were trying to figure out what to do. And I think I heard somebody saying that they were hoping they could have worked out some trades and had a little more fun with it. But it was their return from drafting teams in like eight or nine years, I think. So trying a new spin on it. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of talked to Eddie Olchek about this last week. I, I get the novelty of it. I enjoy fun twists on things like this. But. I don't know. It never feel like it never feels like it fully hits. Right. And that doesn't mean that it's they shouldn't do it. That doesn't mean they should change it. That doesn't mean that they should do something else. It's just it's it's really tough to to totally perfect this these things. I like that they're you know, I thought it was cool they had the the microphones that you could hardly see in the sides of their yeah. faces. They they brought in the celebrities. Obviously Michael Bublé is a whole nother story. <laughs> we won't get into that. Um but I, I like that they're you know incorporating celebrities from the Toronto area and it, yeah. I, I feel like the overall event was definitely a net positive. It was yes. a net win, but these All Star games, man, they're still tough to figure out, and it's just across it's, sports too. It is, yeah. And again, we talked about this last week. It's just it's never going to be what it used to be. Players aren't going to go full on out because they just don't have to, and they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But it was cool when they did, but you understand why they don't now. And I don't know. I, I just I don't think there's a way to fix it. I, I think I've said in the past, I've said on these airwaves that maybe you make the Winter Classic the All Star Game. Oh, maybe that's it's a good idea. Maybe it's not every year. Like every year doesn't have to be the All Star Game at the Winter Classic. But the one thing I like about it is sometimes you'll get a team, a venue, a franchise that would never get the Winter Classic. But they get it because it's the all-star game, and you can still have the skills competition the night before at the normal hockey venue. And then you also get players that might not ever get to compete in the Winter Classic, but they do here because it's the all-star game. So, I don't know. Maybe you do that. Maybe you do it once. Maybe you do it every other year, every five years. I don't know. Just throwing other ideas out there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously a work in progress. It is fun to the super team and all that, but... 
Uh, it, you got to tweak it and all that stuff. But uh, the, the one thing they did change was the skills competition. Connor McDavid was a big part of it, and then he won the million dollar event. Um, I thought it was cool. I kind of was tuning, uh, like watching it. It was a long. It's really long. I think they have to figure out how to shorten it. It was like three hours, I think. Um, but it was cool because a, a lot of the big time players competed in a lot of the events because you had to rack up points to win. Um, and he was able to win the million dollars. Another cool thing was they did like a one-on-one with the goalies, and whoever, whatever goalie got the most saves got $100,000, and Alexander Georgiev from the Avalanche saved, made nine saves against Connor McDavid, and he gets the $100,000. So he probably had the toughest guy, and he was able to get it. Kind of a cool thing. Yeah, and the the one thing I do like about that is it's good to clip and post on social media the next yes. day. You know, it's it's very good for... Uh, digesting it that way. And you mentioned it might be a little bit too long, but I mean, think about it. People that paid for tickets out there for That's that point. thing, they, they probably want to be entertained for a good amount of time. Uh, the TV viewership probably wants it for a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I I was out at a bar and I saw the skills competition on TV and, you know, with no sound, you know that that's not the main focal point. You know, if it's a game and everyone's watching the game, it's different. But oh, what's going on there? And they're just kind of flipping pucks over uh, these little challenges, these little obstacle courses, and it's just like okay, like I like it because I'm a hockey yeah, fan. Yeah. But it's 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 hard to get just the the general populate population and entertained by it where I don't know a lot of times a home run derby is just like ooh look at that ooh yeah. look at that home run look at yeah. that home run and. I don't know. I, I hate to always drop the baseball comparison, but that w- when that's that standard on that side, that's mm-hmm. the only way. I, yeah, I mean, baseball arguably has like the best kind of all-star game. Um, and it's because of the sport that it is. Exactly. Like, you don't need to give it your full-on effort to mm-hmm. still perform at the highest level in that type of way. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, but the positive for the NHL, McDavid put on a show in that yep. and in the all-star game, so... At least they had that. Yeah, and I loved the edited video of uh, the skate the speed skate competition where they yeah. over overlaid the players. That was pretty cool. Thank you, Jack. You got it. That's Jack Heinrich. Big thanks to him. Big thanks to Spencer Montgomery. Big thanks to Seth Jones and the Blackhawks. Another fun edition of Blackhawks Live. We will talk to you next week, but also the Blackhawks at home against the Minnesota Wild on Wednesday. Only local call right here on 720 WGN.